Hey everyone, this is the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Extra, my producer, but Sam, Justin Jefferson. I mean, this dude is taking hits, man. Like we were we were sitting back talking about this and and Justin Jefferson taking unnecessary hits in games, and it doesn't feel like the refs are protecting him. Uh, do you feel like quarterbacks, like the NFL is gonna change the rules if Kevin O'Connell keeps talking about Justin Jefferson like this? Yeah, I guess I, I don't know if they can protect him any more than just throwing the flag, right? I mean, they, they throw the flags, and I guess they can kick guys out of the game. Maybe that's the next step. But every game, Ron, he takes those hits, and he pops back up. And then on Saturday, he started to, to stay down a little bit more. So you worry. You worry that he's going to go into that concussion protocol and miss a couple games. That would be worst-case scenario for this team. Yeah, he took one on the chin. But you know what? We got a guy that likes to put one on his helmet. David Tyree coming up on our show later today. Giants legend, Vikings playing the Giants. So we got to go behind enemy lines once again. We had Kato June last time. But you know what? Let's just jump into the show, man. Coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. This is the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast network. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that this is a Tuesday, but I'm not happy about the upcoming snow in Minnesota. But you know what? Why not have snow in Minnesota? It's a whiteout at U.S. Bank Stadium. Everybody knows that. Get your white. I said this yesterday. I don't know if I said it on air, if I said it off air with, with, with Sam and, and Matt. But I said, you know, I think the Vikings are going to wear all white jerseys. I feel like they're just going to call the Giants and say, hey, you guys got to wear your blues. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe they'll wear white pants or something, white accessories. Nope. They're going all white. They're, they are going all white. And a part of that is the ice. I mean, you see Christian Derrissaw with the ice. You got Justin Jefferson iced out. But you know what else needs ice? Justin Jefferson's head, neck, back, shoulders, knees, and toes. That's the song, I guess. Because he's taking some unnecessary hits. And Kevin O'Connell is not happy. And, and, and we know when coaches put stuff out into the media, they're not just doing it for the media and just to, to whine. They're doing it. To kind of put the NFL and the referees, Roger Goodall, the fine people, the people that give out those little pink slips, just a heads up, like, hey, might be a little bounty gate going on. There might be a bounty on Justin Jefferson's head. Because, I mean, the kid is grittying. He's sashaying after he scores. Guys might not like that. A little too flashy. There might be a bounty out there. Could this be bounty gate, what, 3.0 or 18.0? I don't know what we call this one. But Kevin O'Connell's not happy about that, and he let the refs know. But before we jump into that, make sure you guys remember, you can now find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just dial the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Well, as I bring Sam Exum to the show, my producer, as we started off in the open, Sam, we, we were talking about Justin Jefferson taking these hits. And Kevin O'Connell's quote was basically like, I'm not saying they're doing this on purpose. But I feel like every week he's taking these big hits to the upper body. And the, and the NFL had changed the rule to protect receivers a little bit, let them come down, and then you can hit them. Just tackle them. Be in position. You don't need to be a battering ram and run through their face with your helmet, which is called a concussion. And, and we saw Stephon Gilmore. Um, I also, you know what, and, and looking at that play too, I kind of wonder if Kirk had pumped. Could he have had the rail shot? Because I haven't watched the All-22. I'm going to do it today. But I wonder if he had pumped a little bit and then hit that rail shot over the top. That's maybe a touchdown because I don't think that safety had time to get over there. But also, I felt like the receiver on the outside, I think it was K.J. Osborne, wasn't completely running. When he felt his DB fall off, he turned too. Like, oh, what's going on? Is the ball thrown? Like, And, and I feel like Jalen Rager did the same thing. Like, oh, okay, the DBs aren't even over here. Why is nobody covering me? I'm going to just stop running. Like, it's a theme. It's a little bit of a theme. And Kirk Cousins had a little bit more time than normal. We saw Christian Derrissaw film crushing guys. We saw Ed Ingram manning up. And Justin Jefferson was just, you know, he, he was the victim of that play. Stephon Gilmore 
not only did he hit him, because he could have caught him in the air and took him down, he leaped and put his helmet right. And I, I think, I think, I hope he was trying to hit the ball with his helmet. But he went straight for Justin Jefferson's chin, gave him a little sweet chin music. Justin Jefferson goes down, pissed off because, one, he knows he has to come out the game now because he was down and kind of a, you know, head injury. He, they knew the refs were going to take him out anyway. Hey, he took a shot to the head. He's down on the ground. Let's get him out. Uh, later, he said it was kind of to the shoulder, which we know he's had a shoulder injury before. So maybe that the, the pressure to the shoulder, too, and coming down made all of it. But the fact that Kevin O'Connell is calling the refs out, I wonder, is a flag not enough? Like, does this need to start be, being looked at as targeting? Because we know targeting is a call because we've seen Harrison Smith get called for targeting. But no other players have been called for targeting when they hit Justin Jefferson. Are the refs getting sick of the gritty? Are they getting sick of the fake hamstring and then the sachet? Like, I don't, I don't know. Are they mad that the Vikings with a new coach are all of a sudden 11-3? and three? I really don't know. Is it Bounty Gator? Is there a bounty on Justin Jefferson's head saying, you know, we got to stop Justin Jefferson and then we stop this team? Because normally it's hit the quarterback. Now it's maybe let's hit the receiver. Let's force Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne to win these games. I don't know, Sam. What do you think? Doesn't it seem like since the Buffalo game, it happens multiple times a week? It's crazy. Yeah. And you know what's even crazier? Justin Jefferson makes every single catch. And that's got to enrage the defensive backs even more. They're giving him their best licks. I mean, they are just clubbing him when he catches the ball. And he never drops it. That's just got to frustrate them. Stephon Gilmore, sure. when he gets embarrassed by that route by the end zone, he's frustrated. So he comes back. He hits Jefferson illegally. Um, and, and I thought there might have been grounds for a targeting there. What, what I want to know, and maybe I'll ask Kevin O'Connell about this today. He said, we need to protect Justin Jefferson better. Who is we? Does he mean the league? Does he mean the coaching staff? with the way they're drawing up his plays? Does he mean the quarterback for, um, you know, w when he's throwing the ball? Does he mean being more cautious with his snaps down the script? Like, what does we mean, and how will they protect him better? Because in the heat of battle, Ron, it's tough to do. It's tough to say, yeah. well, you know, we're, we're not going to throw this ball because he might have a safety bearing down on him. It's hard, hard to do that. You might just have to – this might come with the territory. When you are this elite and you're getting this many targets, you're putting yourself out there the way he does. This is just part of Jeff, Justin Jefferson's DNA, and you hope it doesn't catch up with him. But I've never right. seen a guy take as many hits as he does and get back on his feet. It's, it's pretty impressive. We definitely means the league. Like, he's definitely talking to the league because that same conversation came up for quarterbacks. If you think about the T.J. Watt, uh, I don't know if you remember this, hit on Cam Newton. And it wasn't dirty, but he definitely ducked his head at the last minute, put his helmet right into Cam Newton's uh, right shoulder, and Cam Newton was never the same. Like, he never bounced back from that. Like, injuries start, and then it's hard to get 100% when you go out for a little bit, and then the team say, hey, we need you, man, we need you. Like, Star players can never truly heal unless it's literally just like a, a season-ending type injury, which you never want to happen. But if it's like a nagging injury type thing where you're out for a week maybe or you miss uh, a quarter or two, you never truly heal, and then you just make it worse. Like I've told players to their face, have told me like, oh, man, I'm playing through this or I'm playing through that. I always tell them, man, like be careful. I played through a meniscus for about eight to nine games until the bye week had surgery. I made it worse. Like, I made it worse. To this day, knees are still bad. My knee is still bad because of that, like, want as a young, I think it's my second, yeah, my second year in the league. I was young. I was one of the youngest receivers in the room. Not one of, I was the youngest. Um, and I just felt like I had to play. I didn't want to have surgery. I didn't, I, I was like, oh, I can get through this, man. I can get through this. And I thought back on it, like, I'm, I'm like, man, if I, and I played through that season, had a couple catches. But I'm like, if I had just gotten healthy early during training camp, one, do they cut me because I'm hurt? Because we've seen that. Guys get cut when they're hurt, and they just put you on the injury deal. Maybe, but then maybe another team picks me up because I'm healthy. Who knows? Maybe another team never does, but at least maybe I have my health. Like, I don't have to worry about waking up out of bed and being hurt every day. So there's a lot to that. And when you think about Justin Jefferson, you don't want that. You don't want a nagging shoulder. 
where every year he's getting hit and he's taking these hits and then he's having to find a way to recover. But Kevin O'Connell's definitely talking to the league. Now, when he says we, the other part of him also, though, thinking is I can maybe call some plays to use Justin Jefferson more, knowing KJ Osborne can do what he does as a decoy. Or I can run plays where I make sure everybody is on the same page where if I know I have an out route on the outside, I know I have an in, outbreaking route on the inside. So I have a go route and then an outbreaking route. I can make sure my receiver knows don't widen too soon. Run through Stefan Gilmore's face. Like KJ Osborne, if he knows he's in cover, because he was basically in like a cover three, uh, like I don't even know, like looking back at the quarterback. So his butt was to the sideline. So whenever they put their butt to a sideline, it's it's more of a zone type feel because he knows he has no help behind him. But Stefan Gilmore just guessed. He he guessed. He saw the ball coming out and guessed and left his receiver. But that's when the receiver has to run through his face. Like, run through his face. Don't widen too soon. And now he can't see that throw happen. And if he does see it happen, he's late. And he has to run through you, which is a flag. So there's some things there, too, Kevin O'Connell can make sure to reiterate to the receivers uh, when they know Justin Jefferson has a choice route. Hey, make sure you do this. Hey, if you have a bubble, make sure you're blocking this guy. If we have a jet sweep, make sure you're doing this. Um, there are some little things, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the defenders and the refs. Hey, if you hit this guy there, man, we're throwing the flag, and, and you put your helmet right in his chin, you're out of here, man. But you know what? Helmets, footballs, just leads me into the next guy. I'm looking forward to this. David Tyree, star, star of the Super Bowl. You guys all remember that. There, the Giants were not supposed to win that game. They weren't supposed to win that game. Rodney Harrison still is like, how in the heck did he catch that ball? Because Justin Jefferson had one of those catches against the Bills, and so we got to talk to David Tyree about that. But before we jump into the uh, hanging around Johnson segment, which today, again, behind enemy lines, remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local ex experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. And we have a word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net brings you today's show. That's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's the latest odds, the latest trends from the pro and amateur leagues. Uh, we've got college bowl season coming up. Get all the lines for that. Get all the lines for week 16 in the NFL. People are putting money on the Giants. That line is down to Vikings minus three in the game. Vikings favored by a field goal against New York. All those lines at BetOnline.net as well as good sports podcasts. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head there today on your mobile device. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. And now, like I said, we got David Tyree joining us. We got to talk to him about the Justin Jefferson catch, his catch as well. You got Odell Beckham. I mean, where's his top five? Or, or which one becomes the top three of those catches? Does he put himself ahead of Justin Jefferson? Let's find out. David Tyree, man, I want to thank you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. Hang on, Ron Johnson segment, but, of course, behind enemy lines, times two. Because this man went to Syracuse University, and we know my gophers. We're going to row the boat all through New York. They got a bunch of little yeah. frozen lakes out there, I'm pretty sure. So we're going to end up in mm -hmm. New York, the Pinstripe Bowl, Minnesota versus Syracuse. Uh, there was some consternation from gophers fans. They didn't think that was the bowl we should be in, but I'm like, hey, New York? Right now, Christmas time, it's a great place to be. The shop, players get to go there Christmas Day. So the players are going to leave Christmas Day. They're going to do a team family Christmas. Uh, and then they're going to go down to the bowl game. And they're going to get to experience New York uh, like Macaulay Culkin. Uh, but when you think about David Tyree, you also think about the New York Giants. I think that's what everybody remembers, the helmet catch that everybody heard. So when I, I met David, we went to Fordham University together. We were getting our MBAs. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's the helmet catch, dude. You know? And then, and then as he's walking around, I'm like, this dude's normal, though. Like, he's, he's not one of those guys that's going to walk around with a picture of himself with the helmet and the football. You know, he's a normal dude. Uh, and so, so I was excited to meet him. Good, glad to be a classmate of his. Uh, but David Tyree, man, thank you for joining me. Ron, it's a pleasure, man. Good to finally get on and chop it up with you, man. We definitely got to talk this cute gopher uh, <laughs> situation in New York. Well, yeah, let's start out there, man. Like, you you went to Syracuse, but also Marvin Harrison uh, as well, Donovan McNabb. So there's been some great names to come from Syracuse. But, man, I remember playing for the Baltimore Ravens and uh, going to Cal Ripken's house. And Cal Ripken, uh, because of Ray Lewis and Cal Ripken were neighbors. And so Cal, you know, must have reached out to Ray like, hey, man, grab some of your teammates. Let's, let's hoop. And Cal Ripken has a basketball court in his house, kind of like Tracy McGrady. 
So we go over to there to hoop. And all of a sudden, this, this kid walks in. And when I say kid, this kid was 6'8". Kid walked in with like his <laughs> AAU team. His AAU team had like a 6'8 small forward. They had a 6'9 uh, power forward. They had a 6'10 okay. center. They had a 6'5 point guard and like a 6'2 shooting guard. So, of course, I'm like, I got the shooting guard. I got the 6'2 kid. Give me him. <laughs> come to find out, come to find out a year later, this kid goes to Syracuse and wins a national championship. And I'm like, wait a minute. That kid from Maryland, like, <laughs> wait, wait. I'm like, so so I, I I text a couple guys on the team. And I'm like, yo, 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 yo. I'm like, did Cal Ripken just set us up to fail? Like, did they just have us playing against, like, the number one kid in the country? Because he didn't walk in talking about, I'm Carmelo Anthony, I'm this, I'm that, and blah, blah. He just he just yeah. walked in, you know, put his bag down, quiet 17-year-old kid, you know, just looking to who. And, and, of course, Ray Lewis was in there, so he probably was like, whoa, that's that's Ray Lewis. Like, you know, but he walks yeah. in. You know, we hoop. Me, Adelius Thomas, uh, Travis Taylor. I forgot who else played, but it was yeah. a bunch of guys that could hoop. Uh, and these kids gave us a run for our money. Like, they they beat us. I'm not going to lie. Like, we, we got handled. We beat Cal Ripken's team. We beat, like, the old baseball players. <laughs> but Carmelo's team, I mean, come on now, man. Like, Melo was 6'8". This kid was, I mean, again, he was 17, skinnier, wasn't as strong. Yep. But, I mean, this kid could shoot the rock. And so when you think about Syracuse, that's what I think about. You know, I think about Jim Beheim in, in, in 3-2 defense. So when you decide mm -hmm. to go there for football, man, what was that mindset like, you know, when, when you when you know, you know, the fans are there for basketball, so I got to do something special to get them out for football? Yeah, you know, the funny thing about it is when I go in 98, Syracuse is kind of holding the crown in the Big East. I think they have back-to-back -back championship. McNabb is still mm -hmm. there. It was actually just as much a football school, but obviously the, the, the biggest story is Jim Beheim. But he hadn't won a national championship until my senior year. So um, it was it was great, but we were kind of the deal in light of the legacy. You talk about, you know, it's one of those historical legacy, Jim Brown, Ernie Davis type of schools. So it was it was great to be there my, my, my senior year. You know, sadly, we had the first losing season in football, but here comes Carmelo Anthony and he lights it up. I'm still on campus to witness the first national championship. And yeah, it, it, it was special, man. It was special. Um, but yeah, I definitely go back to all those legacy days. I remember y'all great run at, 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 with the Gophers. Greg White was a friend of mine um, as a kid coming up in Essex County, New Jersey. He went over and did, did some great things for the Gophers. So it's good, you know, full circle, meeting up with people like yourself, um, bearing some of those, you know, traditional old school Big E's, Big Ten um, legacy journeys and seeing Minnesota and Q's go head to head and, uh, and Yankee Stadium is, is, is real iconic. It's dope. Yeah, man. Like it's and, and it's funny you bring up well, his name's was Greg. So we'll we'll, we'll get into that uh, later this week. Styles G White is now his name. Uh, he's gonna yep. join us on the Ron Johnson show this week because of course he's a Jersey native, Syracuse bowl game. So we'll we'll get him on this week as well, uh, and maybe air it next week in, in lieu of the bowl game. Uh, you know, we, we had Coach Burns on, Gophers running backs coach as well. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mix of Vikings. This is this is the fun time of the year when you got Timberwolves, you got Wild, you got Vikings, and you got Gophers basketball and football. So it's a lot of sports people. Uh, but again, we got David Tyree in here, uh, Super Bowl champion, not participant, because over my shoulder, <laughs> and I don't know if David have gotten his yet because he's still young. But you know, that's a gold <laughs> football. That's not mine. That's my dad's. Uh, but my dad played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, won two Super Bowls. And so they get that gold football uh, when they – I don't know if it's when they go back to their high school. I don't even know what the deal with the football, the gold football was mm -hmm. or is. Um, but I know they get it when he passed away. That was just one of the things that was in his house that I was like, yeah, I got to keep this. Like, this is not going to be something that just gets thrown in a in a shelf. That's to remember my dad. You know, I got his jersey framed behind me. Uh, the official, actual 1978 jersey. So uh, we took good uh, – no, 79, I think. We take, took great care of it. Um and, uh, you know, and so when you think about all of that, man, with the Super Bowl, let's go go to that moment. You know, you're in a Super Bowl. You've told me the story before. Uh, I never really got a chance to edit it because you and I sat down. We kind of did one of these uh, at Fordham. Uh, but I never – honestly, I got so busy, I never got a chance to edit it and put it together. I am going to release it as just raw footage of just us at Fordham. But <laughs> you told me kind of what happened that week with Eli and then, you know, leading up to that play and then the catch. Explain it to the people, man. What was going on that week? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the backdrop throughout the week was Plexico Burris was, was um, re-injured because 
he didn't practice much. That was the the amazing journey for him that year. He didn't practice much that season. And I wish they had GPSs back in the day because I would have broke one of those suckers with all the reps I was getting as a backup wideout. But I'm taking I'm taking his practices through the week and um taking his reps through the week. And Friday is the historically well-known told story of the most horrific practice that you know a, a receiver could have. You know, they're like dress rehearsal. You want them clean, you want them crisp, a little shorter, situational football. And I just, I had the worst practice of my, my life that Friday. And um, it was like, you know, I didn't drop everything, but it doesn't matter. Once you drop over three, four, you know, three, four passes in an in a NFL practice, there's no way to really recover from that. And um, it was all kind of, it was blatant drops, challenge drops. And um, it was, it was, it was bad. It was a real bad optic. Let's just say that much. And um, <laughs> I wish I could say a whole lot went into it. I think I, I definitely have the, put things behind your mentality, but it was great. Um, Eli approached me afterwards and said, hey, man, I know you'll be ready, blah, blah, blah. And I think, we, you know, my story is I was always in the mix, but it never worked out for me as a wide receiver. So, but I did think I had the trust of my peers. And, hey, man, you know, at the end of the day, when the lights were on, it was about coming through for the guys next to me. And that's really, that was the major backdrop leading up through the week. And, um, yeah, it, it was more fireworks that, that even led up to it, but that Friday practice was memorable. And it, then when the lights were on, you got to go make a play. And that's, that's, that's obviously what Eli did. That's what I did. And together we make history. Yeah. When you think about that catch, man, like I said, like I, I was sitting there like, what just happened? Like <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Cause you know, when you, when you think about that season and what was supposed to happen and, and how Tom, I mean, you, you and Eli, man, like, Tom Brady could have eight Super Bowls right now. Like, he could have eight. Like, he he, mm-hmm. he, he probably thinks he had, And maybe nine and going for his 10th. Like, he'd be going for his 10th Super Bowl if not for Eli Manning. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, like, by the way, is that, that is, that's not the helmet behind you, is it? Did the Hall of Fame take it or did you get No, no, no. I like, I like it in the Hall of Fame. You know, like, I okay. have those little random visits over to the Hall every now and then. It's good to show the kids. I know I'm not getting the gold jacket. I, I was very good with my career. I was an all-pro special teams player. So, you know, it's like I said, at the end of the day, you know, there's so many different journeys that players like myself and maybe like yourself, when you're in the league, you've done something significant. Um, when you are when you become an all-pro as a special teams player, it's significant, but it doesn't always feel like it. So, you know, when you have your natural position, you're finally waiting for a moment of validation. That was on the biggest scale, a gift from God and my moment of validation and, um, you know, I would, I would like to build from it, but it wasn't in the cards for me. But um, at the end of the day, I walk away with seven seasons in the league where no one ever expected me to have any. So it's, 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 it, was a, it was a beautiful gift capped by, the, by, by what I believe is the greatest catch, obviously, in NFL history. I know, I know we got something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love it. We'll lead it to it there. So, 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 so we got to let's, let's not get out the way there. Let's let's not hold the fans back because I know the fans are the fans. We we've had this conversation before on our show. Uh, we had Chris Carter, so Chris Carter, Hall of Fame receiver, was on as well. Uh, so, nice. so CC has had some one handers. He's done some stuff, and you know, and he brought up the Odell Beckham, the Justin Jefferson one hander. He brought up, you know, he talked about the David Tyree. Uh, he and I have talked about Randy Moss's one-handers. So, you know, we've had CC, we had Adam Thielen, you know, current Viking player as well. So Adam Thielen, another, and, and I, I know people, I, I do like receivers. I'm sorry. Like I, I like if it's a receiver, I'm going to interview him. Like I, I, I defensive mm-hmm. lineman, mm, you know, <laughs> I, can, I don't get it sometimes, but you know, Braylon Edwards, another receiver. We had Braylon Edwards on, uh, I talked to Reggie Wayne this weekend. So he and me and Reggie caught up on the field. Uh, and we talked nice. about all this. We always like, I love, I love chopping it up. And Dave, you know that, man, when you run into to former guys, you either coach or, you know, or you play with, uh, it, it, it's all love. And so I've been asking people that because I, I really do want to come to an answer. So, and you are the guy, like you're, you're, you are the guy <laughs> that we've talked about in these conversations. Uh, I haven't asked Justin yet. That's my next step is to, cause I don't know. Cause Justin's young and we forget this. Like, I know he's seen the catch, uh, but I know mm-hmm. someday we're going to ask Justin, like, where would he put you? you know, Odell Beckham in that catch. So go ahead. Like best catch of all times. You got you, you got Odell, uh, you got Randy, you got T.O. taking that San Francisco hit. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, but where, where do you rank yours compared to Justin Jefferson's compared to Odell Beckham's? Yeah, honestly, you know, it's almost like two conversations, but it's, you package them in one. You know, I think when you talk about the best catch, 
Um, you know, are you, are, if, if you're incorporating the circumstance, the situation, and, you know, the meaning and significance, I don't really think it's close, you know, in, 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 that, in that regard. But if you're just talking about the best catch, yeah, it's, it's very close. And I could lose maybe that battle when you consider Odell and, you know, like, you know, Justin Jefferson. Um, the other two, in my estimation, we talk about, you know, the, the, these greatest plays, greatest catch moments are, uh, for me, is, is the, the Edelman catch and maybe yeah. the San Antonio Holmes catch. Those are, you bring back in significance. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the helmet catch. It, it started something in relation to, you know what, in the, at least in our modern day, this is the catch that I, I feel like when there's a great or amazing catch made, they reference my they reference my name. I don't have any, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm just kind of buzzing in my media career, so I wasn't looking for acknowledgement, but it's great when <laughs> you can be in the conversation anytime a great catch is made. So that's the reason, if I have to make my own argument, that's why we bossing over here with the helmet catch. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an iconic moment. It took down the, you know, the Titans of the New England Patriots. This scenario, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. And it's almost a cheat code for me. So, you know, they just got to eat that. Right. And and honestly, like, because I don't remember when Twitter came out versus the catch. Twitter wasn't, I don't think Twitter was out yet. No, Twitter wasn't out. You know, like, I definitely missed yeah, that's, the, that's, the social media vir virality. Not that I was into it at the time. And um, it's cool. Like I said, every now, you know, back in the day, I used to have a couple random trending moments just because a great catch happens. And they talk about David Tyree. I remember Jake Ballard from the, from the uh, he was a tight end. He has this amazing catch against the Patriots. Um, you know, Eli Mann is doing a fourth quarter drive and he wears 85. He makes this great catch against the Patriots. I think I got like yeah. 3,000 followers that day. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm counting on that again because I'm back on Twitter at Tyree Nation. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it there, people. That's Tyree Nation, T-Y-R-E-E -E, Nation. If you can't spell Nation, you should be online. Um, <laughs> when you think about – you think about – it's coming, though, because Justin – this is the thing about Justin Jefferson, man. This man is two yards from the last game and another, I think, 250 yards – or, sorry, 750 yards away. No. He was 125 yards. He needed 500 yards to get to 2,000. So he needed 125 yards a game. He missed it last game by two. So he's two yards off the mark of the 125. So he needs 127 this coming game against your Giants. Uh, he's going to make another catch. Like this man every week does something. So he might make another one where they're like, man, that one might be better than the Buffalo Bills one. We got to bring David Tyree back into this, Odell Beckham. But this is what I'll say. <laughs> You're right. When you talk about moment, uh, Odell Beckham's was great, but it was not a big moment. You know, it just took mm -hmm. the world by storm because everybody was watching that game and it was kind of mundane. And then you're like, wait, what just happened? You know, Justin <laughs> Jefferson's was a big moment to beat the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but to win right. a Super Bowl, I mean, the other one, I mean, you can go to the Immaculate Reception to win a Super Bowl, San Antonio Holmes, correct? Because that throw from Ben had to be mm -hmm. perfect. Like it was, it was like one like millimeter over a fingertip. Santonio Holmes correct. had no grass in between his toes and that white line. So it was the degree of difficulty as well with his. Wasn't one-handed, but that was ridiculous. Uh, Reggie mm -hmm. Wayne has brought up some of his as well because I forgot about Reggie had a couple one-handers from Peyton. Um, so everybody, yep. you know, everybody has had some catches. I mean, even George Pickens this year with the Steelers has had some layout flat oh, one-handers. So, yeah, so it's, it's a lot. But, yeah, your moment to win a Super Bowl, to knock off a Goliath like that, you know, and truly in David versus Goliath fashion, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So, and, and again, I, I can't be the first person to ever say that. It, that had to have been like no. a, a article in the paper, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they wanted to name it David and Eliath and something like that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been some fun stuff through the years. And it, like I said, it's it's a fun conversation. I think um, you know I, I'm in I'm in the process of maybe of form, formulating some kind of catch committee. We gotta, you know. And I said, as long as I'm on the committee, I don't have to be the the leader of it. You know, like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Rogaine, you know, like, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I don't have to be the founder, you know, but, but I'm in the game. I'm in the game when it comes to this conversation, but, you know, people don't like it because I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, like, he only had one moment. I'm like, hell are you talking about? I'm like, I mean, like, I, I had one, I'm not a starter. I never said I was the best receiver in the league, but I was a receiver in the league. <laughs>
True. So it's dope. Hey, you know, this is Justin Jefferson and Odell Beckham. They're so talented. Um, it's just a different, it's a different conversation because they could actually do that again. Whereas I don't know if anybody's ever gonna imitate the helmet catch that way again. There's been helmet catches since helmet catch junior, but um it's it's not <laughs> it's not gonna be the same. <laughs> Yes, Julie, I like that one. So we got to go behind enemy lines for a quick second. I saw a tweet from you. Uh, you said that Daniel Jones is the quarterback. You said you think they found the quarterback. Brian DeBoa has, has, DeBoa has found his quarterback. Um, what, what made you tweet that out? Yeah, I had to go for it. And I've been watching this closely throughout the year. I was, I was in the front office when we draft Daniel Jones. It wasn't an issue of whether the kid could play or whether he could be the quarterback. It was, is, is this guy at number six, right? So now we're looking mm -hmm. at this full evolution and let's just be honest, there, there's never been any kind of stability around him from coaches to offensive line. And this has been the worst season where, where there's been no weapons apart from Saquon Barkley. We're looking at the dearth at the wide receiver position and he has been the constant as from, from, from doing everything that you can ask, minim minimalizing turnovers, fumbles, interceptions. But then in moments of, I don't want to call them crisis, but where you needed it, he's done it with his feet. On um, the 18-play, 97-yard drive, he he was he was, he's dropping dots. So no, he's not he's not he's not dicing up defenses because he doesn't have much assistance from from the positions around him. But we've seen drops throughout. Um, it's been less than stellar play at the wide receiver position. He's done everything that you could ask on a one-year prove-it situation, and I really believe that mm -hmm. they have something to build around. To me, the comparable player is Jalen Hurts. When you look at Jalen Hurts, they have formulated and insulated this quarterback where he could be confident, he could produce, he can move with his leg, he can make plays with his arm, and he's maturing at the, at the rate of production to be a franchise quarterback. That's who Daniel Jones has, has, has proven himself to be so far, especially in this season. Yeah, we know the Giants are wanting to run the ball. They want to set up the run. They want to run screens with, with Saquon Barkley. When you think about them traveling to Minneapolis, uh, and there's the tweet there. When you look at uh, them traveling to Minneapolis, uh, and, 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 and this is the thing, people agree with you. Like, you know, I love you, David. I agree, David. David, I love you. <laughs> like, so there's a lot of Giants fans and your followers that actually agree with what they think in Daniel Jones. And and, and I, I, I said this, I thought that Daniel Jones could be a poor man's Josh Allen. Like, I thought that if mm -hmm. you give him the right weapons and you put him in there, because he can run, he's, he's not he's super right. fast, but he can move. Uh, and, and he's tall, he can see, so that RPO, he has the ability to pull it and see over the line where a lot of shorter quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts can't. So what they do is, you, and you said it, they move him more where they get him out of the pocket mm -hmm. to run the RPO. So his is more as a yep. PRO where he can pass as he's moving and then just keep running. Correct. Nothing's there, run. Um, I, I do think Brian DeBow can, can accomplish that. And, I mean, he did, he did play, uh, or sorry, coach with uh, Josh Allen, so he does know how to get that going. But like you said, you need weapons. You need to draft guys. Uh, you know, Tony didn't work out there, but you, you got to find those weapons. Uh, without Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins probably isn't having the season he's having. Um, last one before we jump into the Daily Three. If you think about, well, I saw the face. What was your Kirk Cousins face? What was that? What was that? <laughs> no, I'm actually one of these guys. I'm kind of pro Kirk Cousins. Uh, his okay. criticism is deserved, but so his, 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 his playmaking ability, and consi he's consistently himself. And I think, you know, once you kind of get behind the top three, the top five quarterbacks, it's, it's tough. We're, we're tough on these guys that don't look elite every single week. So I'm, I'm actually, you know, aside from primetime, Kirk Cousins is the real deal. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. But uh, last one before we get out of here, when you think about that, the Giants traveling to Minneapolis, uh, the Vikings are going to wear all white, even though they're at home, because this is the whiteout game. It's going to snow here on Thursday. They say, you know what, let's let's go with it. It's Santa Claus. We're going to we're gonna bring snow into the stadium. So they punked the Giants and said, you guys got to wear your home uniforms on the road. Cause, or, or, yeah, yeah, because we want to wear our whites. So what, what, do the, what do the Giants need to do this weekend to beat the Vikings? Yeah, I would even say very similar to the format uh, that they just had this, you know, significant division win against the Redskins. Their lines are going to need to play consistent. And, you know, they, they didn't give up any sacks and allow Daniel Jones to be pressured. This game is going to be the same constant. And what they're going to have to do is allow that defensive line 
to be just as effective. You know, so that's the strength of their unit with Wink Martindale being creative. It's going to be, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau had that big time coming out party stuffed almost every column in the stat sheet. Aziz Ajilari is healthy. And the biggest knock on the Giants this year is they have not had their greatest players available week in and week out. And so it's very mm -hmm. difficult to develop an identity and continuity. And they're in the majority of their games. There's probably two to three games that they may have been out of reach with the Philadelphia game and, uh, you know, maybe a couple games here and there. So that's what they need to do. They need to straight, stay within striking distance because Minnesota's dangerous. And they got to find a way to not allow Justin Jefferson to embarrass us. And ultimately, um, <laughs> focus on that play action because that's where, where, where the Vikings have had some real challenges in the air. Folk, allow Saquon to be a, a, a threat in the pass game as well as the run game. And, and they, they can stand a chance to, uh, you know, give, give the Vikings some trouble at home. Yeah, and Justin Jefferson can embarrass some people. We know that. We've seen his routes. They're filthy. He's coming up with new stuff oh, every gosh. week. Kevin O'Connell is using the Cooper Cup route. So for the people out there like, oh, Kevin O'Connell stole that from Cooper Cup. He didn't steal anything. These routes existed. <laughs> guys like Terrell Owens ran them. Uh, guys like what Jerry Rice ran them. We just didn't have film to show. I mean, he ran a out, return, and stop. Like, come on, David. That's, that's yes. a simple route. You know that. You run an out, you return. Over the top, you got the corner route in the red zone. It's like, come on, man. I'm like, telling I'm you. pretty sure Plaxico <laughs> ran the corner and you had, you know, whatever, Moss or somebody out there running the return. Like, he just ran a return and he set up Stefan Gilmore to, to take the bite, the bait. Like, people are out here like, oh, my God, he's doing something. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was. It was. But as, as David put it, you got to find a way to stop Justin Jefferson. The coach said the same thing. They did it for a half. Second half, Kirk Cousins right. threw over 400 yards in two quarters. But remember, people, Locked On Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts. Get your daily 30-minute dose of sports with CARE 11 Sports Director Reggie Wilson going back and forth with his co-host Luke Inman. It's fun, it's fast, it's superior sports talk. And make sure you download the Roku and Amazon Fire apps. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You get all of our videos, all of our shows. And before we have the Daily 3, we have a word from our sponsor. Yeah, before we jump back in with David Tyree, just a reminder to get some new Built Bars shipped to you this holiday season. They've got some wonderful new flavors, including white chocolate peppermint granola and candy cane brownie puffs. Sounds like a stocking stuffer from Built Bar. Why is Built Bar so great? Why are they the best tasting protein bar on the market? It's that revolutionizing nutrition. With 100% real chocolate, they still manage to be high in protein and low in sugar and calories. Sink your teeth in, take one bite, change your life. I'm not kidding. You will absolutely love these new reimagined Built Bar flavors. Get 15% off your order right now by using the promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. David, uh, you brought up Kirk Cousins a little bit ago. I want to jump back into the quarterback discussion for the first question of our daily three. So Eli Manning, he's a 500 career quarterback, but he won two Super Bowls, and that separates him from the pack when you have the discussion about greatness at the quarterback position. So if Kirk Cousins went on to win a Super Bowl, David, how do you think it would change the perception of Kirk Cousins nationally? Yeah, I think uh, the, you like that T-shirt to go on national 100%. Yeah, it changes everything. Winning is the whole purpose of playing the game. And I think it's the most, most important statistic in football. And there's a lot of things that get over, you know, over-accentuated, especially at the quarterback position. You know, it's very difficult to find a competent, consistent, competitive quarterback. Kirk Cousins gives you that, and he gives you some wow factors, and he just gives you a few blunders that, you know, that make you – cringe every now and then. So Kirk Cousins can, you know, he's positioned this team to go on a tremendous run. He can get that, he can get that done and cement the legacy. And I'll actually one quick one too, a bonus one. Cause you know me, I, I coach with Peyton Manning. So I got to Omaha, we got to change it up real quick for you. So Emmanuel Acho, his comment was he didn't like how Kirk Cousins played against his Eagles. Do you think that's a fair assessment to judge Kirk Cousins on one game for this entire season, seeing what he's done so far? No, I never judge a person on one game. I expect people to have poor games. You know, like it's in, at the quarterback position, there's going to be two or three guys every year that play lights out football that are in the that are in this like MVP conversation. But you don't have to be that to win a Super Bowl in the National Football League. And and if you did that, just like Eli, for two seasons you become immortalized. 
and I think yeah. uh, you know that's that's a fair potential comparison. But at but at the end of the day, the whole point of this thing is winning games. And Kirk Kirk Cousins, like I said, statistically he can stuff the sheet, and you know every now and then he may have some moments that and make you want to feel like you need to move on. But when when you're when you're finding competency and high level um, play at the quarterback position, it's hard to really move on from that without a sure thing. And he gives you that at the position. Yeah, and this is where I go. I, so my my answer to this question. Uh, I think, yes, Kirk Cousins wins the Super Bowl. It definitely changes the national perspective. But this is what I also say. Kirk Cousins wins the Super Bowl. Justin Jefferson is the MVP. Regardless of what Kirk, Kirk could throw for 450 yards again, Justin Jefferson will be the MVP. The national media does not want to vote Kirk Cousins in because then that validates Kirk Cousins. And I don't think people want to give him that. Like the Super Bowl is definitely mm-hmm. prime time. Uh, I do like the comparison of Eli Manning and Kirk Cousins. I feel like Kirk is two Super Bowls away from actually having like true success. Cause without those two Super Bowls, uh, people would say Eli Mann is a middle of the road quarterback. Like he, he's Eli, he's Peyton's brother, but he never had Peyton Manning <laughs> type of success. He never had Peyton Manning numbers time and time again, season to season again. Uh, people would say he had weapons. He had Plaxico, he had David Tyree, he had Victor Cruz. He had like, they always try to go to the weapons that he had versus Peyton made, I mean, Peyton had Reggie and Marvin. He had two Hall of Fame receivers, but people never say that. They say they were all a group together. And I will say this, he did get Brandon Stokely 10 touchdowns in the season. So Peyton is definitely a maestro back there. But yeah, no, I, I don't think the national media, I think he needs two Super Bowls. I don't think one is enough. I think he needs two. So for my second Daily 3 question, I was going to ask about the NFC East, but if Ron can call an audible, so can I. <laughs> I actually wa- I want to dig into Syracuse Gophers bowl game. Can we can we have you guys sort of face off here and debate who's going to win this bowl game? Because I think that'd be even a little more interesting. David, what do you think about your orange? I, I feel good about the orange. You know, you know, Garrett Schrader, the, the quarterback, is the is the is the key to a successful campaign against the Gophers. I haven't watched the Gophers enough uh, enough this year, but I do know that they're extremely tough. I think where where the strength of the Syracuse def- is the Syracuse defense three three five. We lost the coordinator to Nebraska this year, but we just got the architect Rocky Longback. So you know the Syracuse is in good hands in light of the the success, the rise, and the fall, and them falling back to what we would like to say is orange in the in the NYC. I think there should be a good you know good uh, captivating. Uh, you know, and, and it really does. I think this, their, their success is going to be hinged on Garrett Schrader's play with his feet. He's he's a mobile quarterback, but he's a strider. He's not quick, so he's not like super elusive, but he's a massive threat with his feet. So there's a, there's a few different ways, and obviously Sean Tucker on on the ground game. There's a lot to like, but ultimately it's going to be that three three five defense being deployed against a tough Gopher team. That's going to allow Syracuse to get the victory in the legendary Yankee Stadium in New York City. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when you think about the Yankee Stadium, you did bring that up. Uh, it, it's definitely a legendary stadium. It's definitely a fun city. Uh, the weather is going to be the question. And that and that's where I go with this. I think Syracuse, um, it depends for the Gophers who plays quarterback. If Ethan Kellegg Manis plays quarterback, I think the Gophers – have a pretty good shot of winning that game because he can run the same way Schrader can. Um, And I think if it's not very, like if the ball is too hard to throw and too hard to catch, and David knows as being a receiver in cold weather, um, you have to mentally stay in. Now, if you're a pro, you're always in. If this is a normal college game, you're. but this is a bowl game. This is like, I've been partying on the 26th. I've been partying on the 27th. I partied on the 28th. I woke up on the 29th, and then I'm going to play a, a, new, a, a 2 p.m. or whatever game in New York City. So the sun's going to be out, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, these kids are going to be on the subway. They're going to be, like, thinking about, like, I got to go to, to Times Square. I don't know what they're – I mean, bowl games are about fun, especially when you're not playing for a championship. So now the mental side of this of the warmth. So if the weather is not well, and Ethan Kalik Manis does not play because we know Tanner Morgan is the, 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 you know, his last game as a Gopher. So we know Gopher fans, PJ Fleck, everybody's very sentimental. They're very loyal. Um, I, I, I think Syracuse actually can win this because Tanner Morgan's not a runner. Like he's not going to run. Um, now, the one thing, though, is, is Mo Ibram is a runner. 
but but Mo can be a a, a top two, uh, three or four drafted running back. So how much does he want to go in this game? Like if he feels any twinge, does he just pull himself out? Because we know last year, John Michael Schmidt, who is the number one center in college football, should have been in the draft last year. And maybe the Vikings could have drafted mm -hmm. him last year in round one, but he hurt his ankle in the bowl game and, and could not be in the draft. And he had to come back for another year. And luckily because of COVID, he got that year to come back. And again, All-American, first team All-American, number one center, uh, interior lineman in the country, up for the Outland Trophy, all that stuff. Uh, so I know that's in the back of his mind too, because he was he was there last year in Arizona, and he remembers John Michael Schmidt uh, going down. And he's like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to get hurt before a bowl, you know, before my draft, you know. So I, I kind of wondered that about that. But if it's straight up and, and play in good weather and everything, Ethan Calliman is a quarterback. I think the Gophers can pull it. But Schrader, man, a guy that can run and pass, that's scary. And that three three five defense for a young freshman quarterback is not easy to figure out because mm -hmm. there's so many moving linebackers and it's not a normal Mike number, whatever you have to kind of come to the line of scrimmage. And every time you're picking a fourth guy, every time, like this is our fourth lineman and, and who knows what he's going to do. And so that's going to be tough for this team. All right. We end the show with this. Um, I was looking at the coach of the year odds in the NFL and Nick Sirianni. He's the heavy favorite right now. Dan Campbell's in the mix. Robert Sala's in the mix. Mike McDaniel's in the mix. And so are, the Vikings and Giants coaches, Kevin O'Connell and Brian Dayball. So if one of these two teams ends the season pretty hot, and to be honest, I'm not sure when the voting is. I'm not sure if it includes postseason or not. But um, do you think that Kevin O'Connell or Brian Dayball could win the Coach of the Year honors this season? David, we'll start with you. I'll be honest. I feel like if Brian Dayball doesn't win Coach of the Year, they're, they're, it's a meaningless award let's just let, look at the state of the union in the new york giants football culture i was inside of it it was not good it was not positive and you know we're, we're talking about coming out of the, the the darth vader era of the joe judge gettleman run for two years and in one season joe shane give him a little bit of credit but brian dable shift this mediocre uh, i'm gonna say average roster there were very little expectations for the new york giant pick to be third and fourth in the east and now being positioned on a playoff run in one season yet yeah, if the giants would have won six games that would have been a successful season they're actually knocking on the door of a playoff run and and i think you have to take the culture turnaround not just the success of the of, of the team all to, all together and i think this is a runaway in my personal opinion for for brian Dable. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Well, this is where I go with this. Kevin O'Connell, uh, eight and nine was the season before under Mike Zimmer. Uh, nothing changed. The first round pick hurt. Second round pick hurt. Third round pick is playing. Um, but that's about it. So there's no change in this team besides coach and offense. The defense, they're last in the NFL in most of the statistics right now. They gave up 300 yards consecutively to five different quarterbacks in a row. That's an NFL or that's a Vikings record. Uh, which is not a good record to have. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's offense has had a back-to-back 400-yard -back passer in Kirk Cousins, 425 and 460. Uh, so Kevin O'Connell has really transformed the culture because we talk about roll the boat. We know him, and Minnesota fans hated culture conversations when P.J. Fleck got here because he kept saying culture every five seconds. P.J. Fleck changed the culture <laughs> around Minnesota. Kevin O'Connell comes in and says culture, but with a little C. He doesn't say it loud. He's, it's culture. We're going to change the culture. P.J. Fleck's like, we're going to change the culture. Rode a boat. Kevin O'Connell's like, we're going to change the culture. And everybody loves it. Like, oh, my God. And players are actually Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen. Guys are actually getting on, like, microphones and saying, like, yeah, you know, it was a fear-based program. And, you know, we we played with mm -hmm. fear. We didn't want to make mistakes. And da-da-da-da. And, and nothing wrong with a coach trying to, 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 to put fear in some of his players. It's just a right and a wrong way to do it. And the guys clearly sure. weren't, like, these are millionaires. I mean, you got a guy making $70 million and you're trying to scare him? Like, coach, I just got a $50 million signing bonus. What, what, what are you going to, like, what, what are you doing? Like, I got I'm here. 50. Like, <laughs> I'm here. Anywhere. Like, right. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm your linebacker, bro. You just gave me 72 mil. Like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, I, you're not going to yep. scare me. Like, I can, I can leave and you got to pay me. So I, I think a lot of the players love Kevin O'Connell. Uh, Kirk Cousins said he threw a pick. Kevin just came and talked to him. Uh, didn't berate him. Didn't make him feel bad. They lost to the Eagles and got killed. Kevin O'Connell didn't curse, yell, scream. It was more of a Tony Dungy type soft talk. 
Um, you know, and I, and I think that's that's why Kevin O'Connell's culture changed. I will say this: a little overtime. Uh, uh, was it Spencer? I think is his name. Sean Tucker. Sorry, Sean Tucker just announced mm-hmm. the running back for Syracuse just announced that he is not going to play in the bowl game. He's going to go into yep. the NFL draft. He's going to opt out. So I got to give the Gophers Oof. a little edge now because that puts it on the shoulder you know, of Schrader to get more yards on the ground. Good call. Good call there. Good call. <laughs> That's a little tough, but I, I, I trust in the, the, the generational pedigree and the spirit of Jim Brown, Ernie Davis, <laughs> and every person who wore 44 to pull the orange through, baby. <laughs> we'll have to summon the spirit of Syracuse Grace <laughs> with Sean Tucker heading to the draft. Thanks, Sean. Now we got to go watch the Jim Brown movie now. So <laughs> well, I want to I thank David Tyree for joining me on the Rod Johnson Show. That was awesome. Great content. Love it, man. We got to get you back on probably around Super Bowl time because I know there's going to be some more catches in the playoffs, some more big moments. Hopefully we don't have to go through a Minneapolis miracle just to get back to the NFC North cha- or the NFC Championship. Uh, but Giants, Vikings, white out this week. Check it out, people. If you have white, make sure you wear it. I know I got mine. I got mine in the box because the Vikings and the UNRL sent me my hoodie for the pregame show. So, yes, I'm wearing a hoodie with a suit because, as you people know, it looks clean if you do it right with the white shoes. I got the Air Force Ones ready to rock. I'm excited about this show because people are like, you can wear a hoodie with a suit? Yes. My people, David Tyree, we we can do that. You can make it look clean. Adam Thielen's done it. If you're an athlete, you can make it look good. But I'm Ron Johnson. This is a Ron Johnson show. I want to thank you guys. But make sure you remember, Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the apps on your TV. That's Locked On Sports Minnesota. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can download, find all of our, all of our videos, all of our shows. Thank you and have a great day.